beautiful day out there. I don't mind it in the 30s so bad. It's going to get in the 20s now this week. Hallelujah. All of us that don't have extra insulation is going to get cold. All of us, I said. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, I, I don't like it cold, cold. I've been in Arkansas a few times. It's zero degrees. Now, zero's cold, y'all. And if the wind's blowing, it's really cold. And I've been there a few times. Uh, today's lesson is about Elizabeth and Mary. And we started last week on the lessons from the book of Luke. And I'm going to read just Luke 1 and verse 41, focus verse. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And everybody say, praise the Lord. Bless you, may be seated. The focus thought of this lesson says, the Lord was pleased to use humble, yielded vessels such as Elizabeth and Mary to carry out the greatest part of his plan for the salvation of mankind. Uh, God, obviously, what he considers greatness is different than what the world would consider greatness. Uh, Elizabeth and Mary were undoubtedly two of the greatest women that have ever lived because they were chosen to be the mother of two men that uh, that changed our whole society and the world and thinking, and yet they would not have been chosen by most of mankind. Uh, and so aren't you glad that, that God's able to choose who he wants to? He's God. <laughs> he can pick whoever he wants to. And uh, they were just women of simple background. They, they wasn't seeking it. Uh, actually, it's you know, they made the statement about John Kerry and, and, and different men have made this statement, Bill Clinton. But from the time they was a teenager and when they went to college, their goal was to be president of the United States. And uh, I'm not, of course, who would want to be president? I don't really think I understand. But that was their goal. But in this particular case, these women were just going about doing their everyday business. Uh, and God called them. I tell you, God's going to always call people that are faithful, uh, people that'll uh, that'll be real. And uh, He looks at the heart. That's what He said when uh, Samuel came to choose one of Jesse's sons. When Eliab come up, he thought, surely this must be the one, because evidently he was a tall, broad-shouldered, nice-looking guy. But the statement was made that the Lord looks on the heart and not on the outward. And so. That's what we have to understand. And matter of fact, the principle is that God oftentimes likes to use the weak to confound the strong. There's somehow he wants people to know. Uh, part of it is that, that it was him that did it. Uh, you'll read uh, every once in a while about some, well, Sister Atcock was even saying, telling us Friday night, I guess it was, when uh, Danny had a car wreck that somehow there was a tree up against the door and she was able to open that door anyway. Uh, you read about sometimes somebody, when they get under pressure, they're lifting the car, the adrenaline get to flowing. But the Lord delights in using things that seem simple because the wise can't understand it, or they have to admit that God did it. When uh, Nehemiah, they built the wall, the Bible says even their enemies realized men couldn't have built that wall that quick. God had to be in on that thing. And so when we begin to have real revival, we need to recognize it. It won't be because somehow we was 
super talented or something. It's going to be because God did it. That God always uh, has got to get the glory. And so when you look at these two women, I say nobody would have chosen them probably. They were humble, but they were yielded unto God. They were willing to do. And of course, the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, you know, they were, the Bible says, well stricken in years, and they hadn't had any children. And, uh, and of course, Luke tells us in 137, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Uh, sometimes we pray about things, and we're surprised when it happens. You know, we was praying about it, trying to, we said we was believing it, but we had doubt in our mind. And uh, so, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth are some of the first characters mentioned in Luke. And uh, Zacharias was a priest. And, uh, and, of course, they were righteous and blameless before God This was, and walked in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord. And the statement that they had no child, and like I say that they were older. And so as people was praying outside, uh, Zacharias was inside at the time of burning of the incense, and it was there. Uh, you know, that he saw this angel appeared to him. And, uh, and you know, I don't know about you, there's a few times in my life I said, Lord, I'd like to see an angel. But I've got to believe if you really saw an angel, that it probably would be a fearful experience, I would think. Uh, I still kind of think I'd like to see one. But, uh, and so uh, he said, the angel told him, said, Fear not, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Uh, and so uh, a person could be blameless here. Like I said, there wasn't any reason that they, any sin because they hadn't had any children here, but he was told what to name the child. And, uh, and it was John. And of course, oh, Zacharias, here he'd been praying, I'm sure, about this. goes, And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife's well stricken in years. Uh, so he'd been praying about it, but he didn't really believe it was going to happen. You know, I, I'm ready to see some of those prayers that I've had a little doubt about. I, I'm ready to see them happen. Uh, I've, and the Lord has done that in some things in my life. And sometimes we're praying and we've got a little bit of unbelief or doubt just because the natural man, we under, we look at things through natural eyes thinking, how in the world is the Lord going to do this? And the truth is, all God's got to do is speak the word and it'll be taken care of. The problem is not the ability of God. It's somehow having faith to believe God. And so Zacharias, like I say, he revealed his unbelief by saying, I'm an old man. And then he went on to say, and my wife is well stricken in years. Uh, and so although they had been, I'm sure, praying for a child, I said they just did not believe it. And, of course, you know, Abraham, it tells us, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so I want you to know what's encouraging about this story, though, is that he didn't have perfect faith, and yet it still happened. Because the Bible says, does it not, that if you doubt not, if you speak into the mountain and doubt not, that's where our problem is. We speak to the mountain on Sunday night, we're feeling good, but Monday, we're doubting it. 
And so the Bible talks like that won't come to pass. But here is an example that because the need was there. I won't tell you how you get your prayers answered. Find out what the will of God is. See, and the will of God is to save people. We know that and to heal people. But if I can know the will of God, part of the problem is if I don't believe it's the will of God, if I started praying, Lord, I'm believing for a million dollars. Well, that might not be the will of the Lord. Evidently, it's not to this point, you know, uh, you know, and so for me to be praying that and claiming it and naming it and marching around it and shouting it, uh, you know, if it's the Lord's will, he hadn't got any problem doing that. But if it's not the Lord's will, and that's why uh, in James, it says that you ask amiss that you might consume it upon your own lust. And that's why when we pray it goes back to what is my motive. It always goes back to what is my motive. If I'm praying for this for the kingdom of God, am I praying about this because I have a sincere desire to see souls saved? Or is there some ulterior motive there? Uh, and, and we, that's why the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, the intent of the heart. We can do the right thing sometimes, but have the wrong motive. See, and that's where, that's why in 1 Corinthians when he said, even though you give all to the poor, and even though you offer yourself to be burned, if you have not love, it's nothing. If you didn't do it out of the right motive. And so it's not enough just to do the right thing. You know, most times we just do the right thing. How many times do our children or or maybe even our spouse, we do something, you know, but our motive really wasn't pure. Our thought was, I'm just tired of hearing this, and I'm going to do it. Just so, and then, or, or or you'll pay somebody else to do it so they'll think you did it. Maybe y'all don't do that, but anyway, <laughs> you know, if they don't ask, you know, uh, who cleaned the house? Well, basically I did. I paid for it. So, I mean, basically you did. But our motive, and God sees our motive. See, here today, I can't judge your motive. All I see is your actions. But God sees right now what my motive is. Why do we want to have revival? See, is it really sincerely because we have a love for the lost souls of mankind? Or, or do we have some kind of motive? Well, we want to have a name for ourselves, or, or we need to have more so we can build us a gym or do something. You know, what is our motive here? When our motive is really pure, then that's when the Lord's going to answer the prayer, I believe, a lot more often. is when I'm trying to do the right thing. I've had times in my life that, you know, I, I'd get to praying and, and the Lord would get to dealing with me about why was I praying about things. And, and that just would really discourage my praying because you have to get honest with the Lord. You can't be uh, trying to fool. You can't fool the Lord. Say, we can act pious and holy and all this around people, but the Lord sees me as I really am. And I've got to be honest with him. And there's been times when it dawned on me that I didn't realize that my motive was quite what it was. I thought my motive was basically right, but as I began to meditate and reflect and the Lord's kind of talking to me, I began to realize, well, maybe it is true. I'm thinking there's a side benefit here. Uh, and so God looks at all of that. And so uh, Zacharias, though, he didn't have perfect faith, but as a result of his unbelief, the angel did tell him that he wasn't going to be able to speak 
until the child was born. And, uh, and so it tells us, Luke 1 and 21, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. Now, evidently, they knew how long it was supposed to take him. That's about like us. We know how long the song service is supposed to be. We know how long the preaching is supposed to be. And we marvel if we ain't out by quarter to twelve. You know, we're just marveling here of what's going on. I, I, I hunger for the day that we're not worrying about what time we get out because the Holy Ghost is so strong and moving and flowing. And, and, and when the Holy Ghost is there, folks, time don't bother me at all. Now, if it's just us taking up time, it does. But it says that when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision of the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. Uh, they couldn't understand what was taking him so long. And, uh, and then when he came out, he couldn't speak. And, of course, it says that they perceived that he had seen a vision. Now, you know... Uh, to me, that's a leap of faith, even right there. If he came out and couldn't speak, he was an older man, I might have thought something happened to him, you know. But they somehow perceived that something good had happened. Don't you like to look for the good in people? Let's look for the good in people. You know, all of us have good and bad. Everybody, everybody's got good traits and bad traits. And you're going to find in people what you expect to find to a certain degree. Uh, don't Don't be disappointed in others unless you first look at yourself Right. I guess that's why uh, I believe we got to be forgivers so much is that I understand I've got so many areas of my life that I need people to be forgiven to me. And so when he came out of the temple unable to speak, they thought surely something good has happened. And obviously they must have been kind of spiritual minded and uh, he couldn't talk a word. And of course they wanted him uh, to tell them what was happening. You can imagine if somebody was back in the prayer room, really, and they came out here and couldn't speak, all of a sudden it would be a concern. But I, I would like to think surely something we would believe the Lord. And somehow I believe he must have been a faithful, obviously he was faithful, honest man. There's some people, and I don't know how to say this, I don't want this to sound wrong, Brother Hill, let me use Brother Hill for example. Brother Hill was just such a good down-to-earth man. If Brother Hill told me that he had a vision, I, I'd have just believed it 100% because Brother Hill, just he just wasn't that type. To, and I've known other people that there was always something going on there. And uh, But I, I got to believe that Zacharias was just a faithful, loyal, ordinary man that was doing his job and he had favor with people. They recognized that this was a good man and when he came out somehow... Uh, when he couldn't talk, they recognized something surely is going on, but they, I'm sure it never crossed their mind that they was going to have a baby because everybody else is thinking, you know, what's going on here? You know, if, if Brother and Sister Bo were coming to tell me they're going to have a baby, I'd be going, really? <laughs> Brother Bo, where's a, he got that stunned look on his face over there. I'd say, Really? Uh, I'd be saying, well, congratulations, you know, but it, it would be, you know, and, it, uh, and there's a few times, uh, you know, when I remember, we'll forget, Sonia, when I was up there seeing Frank, he'd fell out of that tree, and he was, he said they didn't give those lady things to him, they gave him an epidural, and uh, he was kind of in and out of it, and I, I told Sonia, I said, well, Shelly's fixing to have another baby. He goes, you don't know what causes that, my now? 
I said, I ain't talking about me. He didn't know Shelly wasn't my, I guess he thought that was my wife. I said, no, that's my, my daughter and her husband's going to have one. But he was kind of, oh, well, they gave me, well, he was kind of out of it there. But yeah, believe you me, I, I've known a few people that have a child and about 50 years old and God gives them to you when you're young, I'm telling you, for a good reason. I, I love children, but I can only take them so long, you know. We got these little boys that are going to test us here, it looks like, uh, with their enthusiasm. But uh, here they were, uh, excited. And, of course, uh, this in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary then uh, to announce that she, too, was going to have a baby. Now, as amazing as it was for Elizabeth to have a baby, it's more amazing for Mary to have a baby because she had not been with a man. God is able to work with or without us. He's God. Now, the vast majority of the time, God is going to use ordinary means. If somebody's hungry and hadn't got any food, God could magically put it in the cupboard form but that's not the way he usually does it he moves on somebody to feel compassion somebody's got some food to take it to them you know that's how he usually does it but god could do it if he wanted to you know he, he could make a box of wheaties just appear right there you know without being going through general meals he could do it but most of the time he's going to work within the guidelines that he has set up but in this particular case, because it had to be a spotless, pure blood, and it could not be from a man, then the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. And of course, Mary, when you really think about, uh, well, let me read this, Luke one twenty six. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now think about it. Here's an angel and a virgin. Here's a king and a carpenter. We're, we're talking about great differences there. Uh, and of course, can you imagine this angel had just been in the presence of Almighty God and now is in the presence of this little young teenage girl uh, to give this great news. And of course, you know, I've always surprised that Mary, and it doesn't tell us, uh, wasn't more blowed away about this whole thing. Uh, you can see how nobody would believe that story. An angel said, God has made me pregnant. See, ain't nobody going to believe that story. They didn't believe it then. You think that there wasn't people that didn't look down on her and talk about her? Uh, I say, God is able to do things that we can't understand. And that's why Gamaliel gave the right address when he said, look, if you don't understand something, if it's not of God, it's not going to last. But if it is of God, you're going to find yourself fighting God. So the best thing to do is just leave stuff alone and let time, you know what? Time is going to reveal all things. Time reveals all things. And it don't reveal it near as quick as we would like it to sometimes, but over a period of time, uh, it's going to reveal some things. That's why I've always loved that scripture says, Bread eaten in secret is sweet. But you know what? It don't stay in secret, does it? 
if you eat it a lot, <laughs> you know, everybody knows that you may, I've got somebody in my family that doesn't live around here that never did eat much at the table, but they was always kind of pretty good size. They ate their bread in secret, but it's going to come out, folks. Everything's going to come out where we're at. Time is going to prove even most people's motives. Time will prove out. And so uh, here is Mary. And what did the angel say? And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Because, wow, what, what a, an address. Thou art highly favored. You highly favored. You have chosen of God. Do you realize you're highly favored? You have heard the truth of the name of Jesus. You understand about receiving the Holy Ghost. We are highly favored of God, folks. You, need to re you ought to remind yourself of that. That ought to make you feel in awe and wonder. That ought to make you come to church with such a thankful spirit that I have been highly favored out of all the billions of people in this world that somehow, in my own case, that I was brought up in the house of the Lord and I heard them teach and preach, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. I have been highly favored in my life. And I want you to know that I, I've said all the time, I believe part of it is because of my parents. Well, I want to pass that same favor down to my children and to my grandchildren that, Lord, I want you to have favor upon them. And so uh, he said that, and uh, thou art favored. The Lord is with thee. Now, man, don't you want to hear the, an angel tell you that? The Lord is with thee. What did he tell Joshua? I'll be with you anywhere you go. Nobody's going to be able to stand before you. When God says that, folks, that's powerful stuff. Men will try to say they'll do things, but when God says it, you know, that'd be like the banker just saying, you just go pick out the car or I'll be with you. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they, they'll do a limit. Nowadays, before you go buy a house, they'll tell you to go get pre-qualified because there's no sense looking at a million-dollar house if you can't afford 10000 a month. I don't know how many of y'all can afford 10000 a month, but I can't, so there's no sense going and looking at it. But when he says, God is going to be with thee, and he was trying to encourage her, because see, there was going to be some dark days coming when people began to see that she was pregnant. There was going to be the doubts, and there was going to be the looks, and there was going to be the accusations. And so God, so many times, he builds us up. That's why when we have a good service, you need to get in that service. You need to let the Lord bless you. He knows what you're going to face this coming week. And there's been some times, I never will forget, uh, Camp Meeting 1993, uh, and, and my uncle C.M. Beckton was doing the early session and usually I didn't make it for Monday morning but because my uncle I did and that Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday it was the most awesome powerful services to me of the whole thing it was just that lingering presence of God little did I know that I was fixing to really go through some really trying times in my life but for three mornings in a row it was like it was just me and God I mean I was just basking in his presence I wept I cried I rejoiced it, it was just so tangible it was just so real 
And then that fall, when things begin to happen, and somehow the Lord gave me strength to hold on, my mind reflected back that I believed that God was infusing some faith into me and some courage into me. And that's why when the Holy Ghost is moving, you need to get in the service. You, you need to worship God because God knows what we're going to face. And I need him to help me. And of course, the Lord has told us in Matthew 28 and 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hebrews 13 and 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Aren't you thankful for that scripture? If you get sick in your body, he's still not going to leave you or forsake you. If you have trouble in your family, he's not going to leave you nor forsake you. If everything financially turns bad, he's still not going to forsake you. That's the kind of friend that we need. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There's somebody that, that it doesn't matter. Unfortunately, in the real world today, if somebody does something really bad, most of their friends even turn their back on them. I'm telling you, the Almighty God is going to love us no matter what we do. Now, we may not be saved, but he's going to love us no matter what we do. It's not a, a love that he takes away from us. God is love. And so we have this promise. And then the third part, she said, blessed art thou among women. And, uh, of course, to hear that as a teenage girl, uh, I can only imagine. Uh, and she didn't say, blessed art thou above women. The angel didn't say that. Blessed art thou among women, that you have been chosen to bear the Messiah physically. I mean, think what an incredible uh, for a little girl. But you know what? She was there on the day of Pentecost with the 120 because she had to receive the Holy Ghost just like everybody else did. She had to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so evidently right after this uh, announcement, Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth and uh, Mary knew that Elizabeth uh, was in her sixth month uh, for the angel had shared that uh, information with her but when they got there cousins expecting children at the same time of course they must have been fourth or fifth cousins you know elizabeth is older and here's mary the teenage girl but they was cousins uh and so but two things happened uh on that day like i say when we read it a while ago the babe leaped in uh, elizabeth's womb when she heard the salutation I'm going to tell you, what did Jesus say about John the Baptist? Among men, there had been none greater born than John. Uh, he he was came on the scene at a time when Israel was hadn't had a prophet in 400 years. Uh, it, it was a dead time spiritually. It had become such a ritual and routine. Here's old John. He, he wasn't the ordinary guy. He stays out in the desert, you know. But when he started preaching, he, was, he didn't even come to the city to preach. He just started preaching, and there was such unction and anointing on him uh, that they had a saying in business, build a better mousetrap, and the world will beat the door down to you. I'm going to tell you, folks, you really get the power of God operating, and I'm going to tell you, people are going to come to the house of the Lord. They're going that, That's the real bottom line. No matter what we plan and try to do, What's really going to have to happen for us to really see revival is the presence of God is going to have to take up residence. I'm talking about more than what we have, and I'm thankful for what we have, but it's got to be more than just a little good feel 
when we have service. There's got to be a demonstration of the spirit and of the power. And when that begins to happen, because there's so many hurting people, if they begin to hear that people are being healed and delivered and set free and all this, they are going to want to come and see what was going on. And when John began to preach, uh, there was something that the normal average person recognize there is something about this man that like no other man we've ever heard. And you realize he spent all his time preparing to get to preach for only six months. You know, he, he spent all the time he had, but he had a job to do and he had to do it well. He had this job that he had to do and he had to come and preach and teach for just a short period of time, but he was the forerunner. And, and when they begin to ask him, are you the Messiah? And he would tell them, no, I'm not. But can you imagine the three of you mothers, or even you dads too, though, that your son was the one doing that? What I'm sure they never lived to see it, but they had the promise of that, of what a thrill it must have been in their, as they were beginning to leave this world, Zacharias and Elizabeth, that their boy that they had brought into this world was going to be used mightily of God. Of all things that any parent would desire, what, what did he say? I, I love to hear that thy walk in truth. And that is a desire and a burden of any parent. And so, but here's these two cousins and once again, God has got one older lady and one little teenage girl. Uh, and so uh, we don't know exactly what Mary, what word she used, but the, the Greek word for salute means to enfold in the arms, to salute, to welcome, embrace, greet. Uh, somewhere in all of that, that babe leaped. Uh, in her womb because she heard that baby somehow recognized God. I believe the Bible tells us Jeremiah was called before he was ever formed, uh, that God has got a purpose and a plan. And I'm going to tell you the best way, once again, to really feel good about yourself is to know what the will of God is for your life and to pursue after the will of God. That, that's where true satisfaction comes from. Uh, I look at our kids when they get out of school and you got to decide what you want to be, you know, and, and you don't even know what most jobs entail, you know, you, you just want, my daddy was an accountant, so I thought, well, I guess I'll just be an accountant too. Well, I, I'm, I don't want to be an accountant. You have to sit behind the desk all the time. And, and when I, I, I knew that my senior year, but I didn't want to change my major because I'd have to lose some time. And so when I got out and I told my daddy, and my daddy's definitely a cleric, I said, Daddy, that accounting just isn't fun. And, and boy, fun? Who's talking about fun? We're talking about making a living, son. And, uh, and I said, well, I just don't think that's what I want to do. And uh, I didn't. But uh, I want you to know the real meaning of life is getting to know the Savior. There is a place that he has put in all of us that can only be satisfied by him. And we try to fill it with a lot of things. We distract ourselves. We look at different things. We get sidetracked. But the bottom line is, is that there is a desire to worship placed inside of mankind. And I'm going to tell you, when I am really caught up in worshiping God, 
What a wonderful, wonderful. I, I have no thoughts of my situations or my problems or my troubles. All is well. All is at peace when you're in the presence of God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And so when the angel appeared to Zacharias in the temple, he said, he, talking about John, shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Uh, he did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He did not speak in tongues. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. There is a difference between the baptism of the Holy Ghost wasn't given yet. In the Old Testament, it talks about people being moved on by the Holy Ghost. Uh, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost only happened after the day of Pentecost. And that's why there's been sometimes people uh, confused in that uh, because it talked about uh, that that John would be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why he could preach like he preached, though. He had the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God was in him, and God had a special purpose for his life. And I want you to know if God gets a purpose, and he does have a purpose for all of our lives. I say all of our lives, there is a purpose. And that's why some people get so despaired and want to end it all. They, they don't understand. They've been disappointed because they had their own goals and they had their own ideas. And when it don't work out, somehow they're just crushed that I've got to believe that God has got a plan for my life. And, uh, and so when these two women got together, like I say, one old and one young, uh, I can imagine the conversation they were having and, uh, and of course, John and Jesus growing up in the same family, uh, you know, they had to have been told about the extraordinary events of them being born. And yet at the same time, you know, it said about Mary that she pondered all these things in her heart. She pondered them. You know, sometimes it's better not to tell everything, you know. Jo uh, uh, Joseph would have been better off if he hadn't told his brothers about his dream. Now, God had a plan, so it all worked out. But, I mean, if God tells you that he's going to use you in some miraculous way, your brother ain't going to receive it most of the time. I'll just give you that advice there. Uh, I mean, it may be true, but because a prophet without honoring his own country, it's hard sometimes to perceive that somebody, uh, last night when Dwayne was here, that little girl's going to be quite a singer, boy, I'm going to tell you. But see, he knew me before I got the Holy Ghost. And then he saw me. I helped him do some uh, magic shows years ago. So in his mind, you know, he has a hard time quantum leaping to me being a preacher. Because in our days that we spent, the early days, it sure wasn't preaching. And then even after that, it, it wasn't anything to do with preaching. We were just friends and we worked together. And so it's hard for him to a certain degree to understand because he knows where I came from and some of my problems that I had in my life. You know, isn't it wonderful that God is able to, to change you to where people almost can't even believe, you know, that what is going on in your life? That's why, Sissy, I've had Brother Thornton tell me about five times. I say not one time, about five times. Noah, you and the Lord have really helped Sissy out. I said, well, the Lord has, the Lord has. <laughs> but that's because God is able to take us. 
See, God loves passion. He loves people of passion. I'm just going to tell you, he does. And some people of passion, sometimes when that passion is directed right, they get in bad trouble. But God sees that passion that if I can ever get that passion and get it focused on the kingdom of God, I can use them in the kingdom of God. And so I want to be open. And I look at the world today, and they are just eat up with passion. I'm talking about they are so passionate about some things uh, that, that mean nothing. I mean, I've seen people get so excited talking about whatever their hobby is. I mean, people that most times just look like they're laid back, boy, their eyes get to glowing and they get to talking. And I've had people start telling me, you know, on subjects that I, I didn't even know what they're talking about. But I learned just to ask them a question, they'll get excited about it. I heard a guy talking one time about bugs. Man, that guy, he knew more about bugs. All I know is if you're fast enough, you get them. Hallelujah. You know, with one shot, if you're fast enough, you can step on them. But he went into all this detail about bugs and all the good things that they do and the, what the antenna is for and all this deal. You know, I'm just over there just numbing out, you know. And he was all thrilled and excited about it, you know. And I'm saying, I don't even want to see a bug. You know, if I see a bug, it's time to call the exterminator, you know, if I see a bug. But this was something he was passionate about. Well, I guess somebody needs to be passionate about bugs, I guess. Uh, I got tickled, Brother Norris in here today. You know, Brother Norris, is, he's not really all that outgoing, but he's talking about Cleveland. He goes to the Delta some, and he said, Have you, did you ever go to that little restaurant? And it was out of Cleveland. I said, no, I hadn't. He said, and all of a sudden he went, Man, they got a steak there that big around. That thick brings tears to my eyes. I thought I got so tickled because he was, he got, I want to go to Cleveland now just to get that steak, man, because he was telling me about how good it was. Uh, but so we, we made a connection there about this food. But no, <laughs> you got to connect about something, folks. And, uh, and so Mary and Elizabeth, they had this connection about they were going to be mothers of the men that was going to change our world because John was the forerunner. And I'm going to tell you what, you know what they had in common? The Pharisees hated both of them. Uh, the church hated both of them, hated John and Jesus. They really did. You know why? It upset their system. See, they hadn't gone through the rank. They haven't, they hadn't got their cards yet. And so they don't know how they're supposed to act. But you see, when God really calls somebody, he gives them the power and ability to do whatever they need to do. And so, but what I do like about the fact is that God took ordinary people and did something extraordinary with them. And that's what I'm believing about our church. We're just ordinary people here. We're, we, we're not many mighty, many noble, many rich. We're just ordinary people. But that's what God works best with. As one man said, God must love poor people because he made so many of them and uh and so i'm just glad to be in the kingdom of god i want to be used of god i'm looking forward to revival in the church and god may choose some people and i say this quite often but god's going to choose some people in our ranks that that it might not be the one you would have chose all of a sudden that god's going to begin to use i'm saying lord whatever you got to do send us revival lord whoever you got to use if i can't get in the flow let somebody get in the flow but we need to have revival Praise Lord, good to see you this morning. Look around.